guys, thanks for tuning in to the My Career Path podcast. Today, I'm going to be doing another overview of a book I was reading this last month. It's called The Power of Habit, Why We Do What We Do in Life and Business by Charles Duhigg. And this was actually a really insightful book as to how habits are created, what they can do for us, and different studies that actually went over how habits are formed, why we tend to follow habits so much. So let's get into it. One of the big parts of the book that Charles Duhigg actually kind of argues is how habits are actually created in the sense or why habits are. And it's this idea of there's a cue, then there's a routine, and then there's a reward. And that's just how our bodies just work. One of the examples that he gives is actually when your phone vibrates or rings or whatever else, you kind of have that instinct to go, hey, I need to pull that out. Because the cue is, hey, that notification comes on. You get that little ping. And the routine is, well, I got to check it, see what it is. The reward, you get a little distracted. Or someone messaged you or something that you wanted just became available and whatnot. And so there's always this cue, routine, reward kind of circle that's always ongoing for all these habits. And you can kind of use those, especially in marketing, that can just incentivize people to use your product or think of your product anytime it's going. One of the examples that he actually gives is about toothpaste. And toothpaste has been around for eons. I mean, there are recorded histories of Egyptians using it, Romans, to actually keep dental hygiene. Granted, at that time, it wasn't super effective, but they had these kind of polishes for their bones and for their teeth especially. But it wasn't until about the 1900s that it really began skyrocketing, especially here in the U.S., where they added a foaming agent to it. And what that agent really did, it didn't really help clean anything else, but it left you with that sense of that kind of freshness. Uh, you know the feeling, like after you finish brushing your teeth, you kind of get, it, not like a burning sensation, but like there's this, uh, you know, like the, the sparkle in the commercials that people get. They get this kind of sense of freshness after brushing their teeth. And so that's the incentive. That's the reward for that habit loop. So now anytime you're preparing to go to bed or just right when you get up, you go, okay, the cue is, ah, I got kind of bad breath, the routine, brush my teeth, and that reward is, okay, freshness. I get that kind of tingling sensation uh, in your mouth. And that just exploded. People went from using these kind of powders and whatnot to brushing the teeth. Everyone uses toothpaste now because of that sensation, and it really didn't add anything. Another example they gave was actually Febreze. And Febreze started out as, hey, we'll remove all the bad odors that are in your house. And it was initially a total flop because guess what? People didn't really want to admit that their house stank. <laughs> they didn't want to admit that they lived in bad smells, but they kind of changed the marketing and went, okay, what if instead of, hey, this covers bad smells, this breath of cleanliness to any cleaned area, you know, it just gives this kind of aroma. It's like, ah, it's clean. It's done. And it started being used a whole lot more because instead of going, ah, it kind of smells bad. Let me spray this air freshener. It was, hey, I'm done cleaning. Oh, that's like, it's like the finishing touch on a room. And it actually exploded after that. And now it's kind of changed again, back to the marketing of some of the commercials that are showing now where you got the nose blind people, they're brought into the room, there's a scent of Febreze and they're like, well, I don't even smell anything. And that's kind of the incentive now. It's like, yeah, I can, I can get rid of any bad smell, but initially that didn't work because no one wanted to admit that their house smelled bad. So just kind of this idea of there's this cue there's a routine and then a reward and how that can help incentivize people to actually do something. When you're looking at changing a habit, you kind of have to focus on the routine or the reward. You kind of have to give yourself that reward and know, hey, what what is going to be that dopamine hit in order to change this habit? Because otherwise, you're just kind of going to brute force it. And when you really start to look down on how habits are formed, 
you can see, okay, let's attack the reward. Let's attack this routine. What do I want to change in the routine or what do I want to change in the queue so that I can still get that same reward so I can kind of change it. So I, I just thought that was really interesting, especially in the kind of marketing sense of how can you find something that's going to always lead your customer to think of your product or use your product. For toothpaste, it was adding that kind of foaming agent. For Febreze, it was making sure that people knew that, hey, this was like the finishing touch. This is this means this area is clean. It smells good. It looks good. Everything's done. The other interesting part that he kind of talks about towards the beginning of the book was how habits are initially conscious decisions and then eventually they're formed into habits. It's actually looked at to be about 40% of actions in our day are habits. So we, we do them without even thinking about it. And you just have to kind of think about your daily routine. What does it look like for you when you get up? What's usually the first thing you do? For me, it's usually going to the bathroom, brushing my teeth, putting everything together, putting my contacts in, making sure that I'm ready to go, getting changed, going to eat breakfast, and I'll usually eat the same thing because that's just how I am and I really like it, so I will continue to eat it. There's so many things that we just do unconsciously that are just habits that we know we need to do, and the reason that our bodies do that is because it just requires less brain power. If we're able to get into these kind of routines or these cycles, we can reserve our brain power for later. So when you think about some of the routines you're doing and why it's so hard to break certain habits and lose bad habits, that's because it takes a lot more effort to kind of override them, to kind of change those bad habits into something you actually want. But once you get them, they're a lot more likely to stick. There's that 21-day rule that I remember hearing growing up where if you do something for 21 days, then it starts to form a habit. And in, in some cases, I think that's true, and it really does take that kind of conscious effort, which is what Charles Duhigg actually argues. Just in forcing a bad habit out, you have to look at how we're going to change the reward and how can we have that conscious effort. Because a lot of the time, I think we're just kind of going through the motions, we're filling the time, we're just kind of cruising along, and we're just kind of floating idly by. We don't have a direction, we don't have somewhere that we're aiming for, we're just kind of moseying along. I really want to try to change that in my own life, especially in how can I be more purposeful, how can I be more uh, intent on making a change or doing something different. And that's something that I kind of suffer from a lot, which is I'll get into these kind of habits or routines and I'll just kind of sit idly by. I share it all the time on just how I was looking to fill time. And, and even sometimes now I still look to just fill time because for me, it's just like, all right, I just got to keep going. There's a meme I saw on Facebook that was like, being an adult is saying we just have to get through this next week over and over and over and over again until you die. Which is funny because, yes, that is sometimes how it feels where it's like, I just got to get through this. I just got to get through one more week. But in the same case, it's like, okay, if we're looking at our time, like just kind of going by until we die, I'm like, that's, that's really kind of depressing. And really trying to find like a purpose or some kind of a goal that we're shooting for or some kind of a goal that we're shooting for is going to be way more impactful. The other thing I really liked about this book is just kind of how he talked about how habits are just as much a curse as they are a benefit. Think about all the habits you have in your life. Think about your morning routine, how you get ready for work, what you do at work, what you do when you come home, what you do when you get ready for bed, what you do to prepare dinner, like all of these different things that you have. Some of them really, really helpful. You can just kind of cruise along, just do what you have to get done. Everything gets accomplished. Everything's done a great job. But there's also the bad habits where there's the time wasters. I can't tell you how much time I spend scrolling on YouTube to try to find a video where it's like, this is so much wasted time. <laughs> so just trying to find the balance between, hey, I want to have these good habits in my life so that I can actually progress and do what I want, achieve what I want. 
but as well as I need to remove the bad habits, but as well as I need to keep the good habits that I already have. Uh, and just kind of building on it one at a time. It's kind of thinking back to my goals episode earlier where I talked about how I get in this mindset of when I start making goals, I make so many goals. And it really just becomes unattainable because I now have a list of you know, 15, 20 new things that I want to do for my life. But in my mind, I can kind of justify it. And I'm like, well, if I just take out this one thing, like if I just stopped doing this, I would free up so much time and therefore I could do everything else. But it's just never that simple. We have to keep putting in that conscious effort. We have to keep going one step at a time, building on it layer by layer in order to really create something. One of the things that he argues, just kind of go back to it, was we, we just can't stop noticing what we're doing. We can't we can't just be on autopilot the whole time. We have to take the driver's seat. We have to steer and we have to kind of take control and we have to kind of keep doing that. We have to kind of keep breaking these habits and keep going back into, okay, what am I actually doing this for? What am I working towards? Where am I going for? And especially I think in our careers where you're looking at, okay, this is what I'm doing right now. Is this the end goal? What's, what's the next step? What am I shooting for next? Who am I going to help next? Because that's how you really find meaning in your work. When you're looking at what's the next step that I can do that can help other people because as you help other people, everybody kind of gets to move forward. Everyone gets to kind of go further along the path. Another quote that I, I really liked was, small wins have huge power. And this kind of reminds me of Dave Ramsey's snowball method for paying off debt where you list everything largest to smallest and you start tacking that smallest one with vigor. And I remember learning this in Boy Scouts, I think. I was doing my financial, uh, I think it was just the finance merit badge. But he, he explained the same thing. He was like, look, when, when you get older, you know, you'll have different debts. You might have student loans, a car, mortgage, a credit card, you know, whatever else. He's like, look, list them all out. And then you do minimum payments on all of them. And then you just start pouring everything into that lowest one because that just starts to build momentum for you. And so when you're looking at these kind of goals, and especially in your career and in future jobs, you kind of got to look, okay, what are small wins that I can do now that'll kind of keep momentum and keep me rolling? And something that I was able actually to do at my current job was talk to them about a possible digital marketing course. And it's a free Google course that I'm taking right now. And I've, I've actually learned a ton. I get to do it at work because I go, this is a part of the business that we may want to focus on more of. I want to play a bigger role in it. Can I take this course, do it for a half hour, 45 minutes every day? And that's something that's been huge for me because it gives me a lot more sense of purpose. It helps me because I get to learn more about digital marketing and it helps them because I get to straight away apply it to whatever they need me to do, whether it be YouTube videos, email campaigns. And that's just helped me so much in my career. And I get, a, I think, a little Google digital certificate for completing the course. And that's something that I can use for future careers when I'm looking at other jobs. And it's something that I've really enjoyed. And so I would hope that you can look at these kind of free opportunities. They don't all have to cost money to find ways to kind of get these small wins, to get this small uh, momentum kind of up and rolling. Because once you start going, you just have to keep giving a little, little, little bit more. One of the last studies that just really kind of stuck out to me while I was reading the book was, I think it was at a university and they just had, they split up a bunch of college kids. They had everyone in the room they brought out a bowl of sugar beets and they brought out a bowl of cookies, freshly baked, warm, everybody could smell them. They split the class in half and they said, this half, you can eat the cookies. You can do whatever you want. This half, eat the beets. Don't eat the cookies. Don't touch the cookies. Don't do anything. And they left the room. 
and they left and i th- want to say it was like 15 30 minutes that they left these students all the students who were the cookies they were like great this is easy i don't have to resist the temptation of eating a, a raw sugar beet or uh or any of these beets whereas the people who were like well i you know it's lunchtime it's 12 o'clock i that was told not to bring lunch and now i'm like okay uh i have a choice of a sugar beet and there were some students who would literally walk over grab the cookie you know smell it just get it right there and then put it down other people would pick up the cookie put it down and then lick the chocolate off their off their fingers because it was just so much more difficult to resist that temptation and then the researchers came back in after the 30 minutes and they gave everyone a puzzle and i don't remember the exact details of the puzzle but it was draw the shape without lifting your pencil and it was impossible there was no way to solve it the researchers knew that the students did not And what they found was anybody who had to eat the sugar beets and basically already resist the temptation to eat the cookies, they gave up way quicker than the people who had the cookies. And what they kind of concluded from that was that willpower is actually more like a muscle rather than just like a trait or a skill that you have. It has to be worked on. It has to be exercised. And that's how it grows. And so it's like a finite resource where if you're using it and constantly kind of battling this willpower... You're able to work for longer, you're able to do more. And so the kids who were doing the puzzle, the kids who had to eat the beets, they gave up like probably within seven to nine minutes. And the people who ate the cookies, they were able to go like 30 minutes before they got frustrated and then gave up. And another study that Charles Duhigg actually talks about was how self-discipline actually was a greater indicator of better grades than IQ. Where the students who were able to study hard, put in the time, put in the effort, usually performed better on test assignments than kids who were just really, really smart by themselves. And that's something that kind of just gives me hope. I was pretty average in school. I was pretty average at everything I usually do. But if I have that level of self-discipline and work ethic, then that's something that can really help me to improve, to really help me land a really good career, to land a really good job, to help people out in fields and areas that I really want, that I have a passion for. Well, and recognizing is just half the battle. Understanding what is going on and what you can do to actually fix an issue, whether it be in your career, in your life, in your finances, understanding what's going on is half the battle. Then it's mapping out a plan and getting there. That's why I talk with people about their career paths, because recognizing how someone got to somewhere and realizing that it wasn't just instantaneous success that seeing, hey, there's this path that they go on, that they worked, they developed, and they added to themselves over, and seeing that that actually works, you know, and going, hey, I can do something similar to that. I can work on this little thing. I can build that little momentum and get to where I'm going. And that's just super impactful for our lives. And I'll kind of end with this, where it was a quote from Howard Schultz that Charles Duhigg actually talked about, and it was, if you tell people that they have what it takes to succeed, they'll prove you right. Just having that belief that something can be accomplished, that something can be done, can help push us so much farther. People want to prove that they can be more than they are. Um, That's something that can be constantly clouded with the ongoing voices that are in our everyday life. Just kind of having that state of realizing what other people are capable of accomplishing and telling them that they can do it, you can do it, you can achieve, just incentivizes people and gives them hope. And that's something that I think is really lacking, where we have such a desire to compete and contest with one another rather than work together to find a common solution. You see that in political parties. You see that in whatever area you're in. 
finding ways that we can actually benefit from each other and grow from each other and learn from each other in our careers especially can be so much more beneficial. So I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys pick up this book, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. I hope you guys give it a read. It was a little heavy on the research, I'm not going to lie, but the studies that they did just provided so much insight as to what it means to be a human, what it means to create habits and kind of go that route. So I hope you guys enjoyed. If you did, make sure to leave a follow, make sure to leave a five-star review. Please send me your feedback. I, I'd love to hear from you guys. Send me an email. That's C-O-L-T-E-N at mycareerpathpodcast.com or go to my website, mycareerpathpodcast.com and just go to the About Us and you can send me a line. So I really appreciate it. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. I'll catch you later.